With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Connor Burks, and we are back for another episode of No Bets Barred. This time we are talking about UFC Fight Night, Home versus Vieira, UFC Vegas 55. Whatever you prefer to call it, it's going down on Saturday. Luckily, thank the gods, we're back to the 4 p.m. Eastern start time this week. Best news that I got all week. I am joined alongside by my co-host, Jed Mishu. Jed, how we feeling, man? I'm, uh, I got a bone to pick with you today because um, we're going to get into it in just a second obviously we've got to recap our previous week and i blame my my failings last week entirely on you this is all <laughs> your fault and i just want to be as crystal clear as i can i accept no responsibility listeners you you were all here last week you heard it the man talked me out of a great idea that would have cashed easily easy cash and denied us you know plus two units, and I blame it all on you. Here's my argument against that, is that you didn't present it as, should I bet on Ryan Spann? And I was like, no, 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 don't bet on Ryan Spann. You said, please present to me an argument and talk me out of betting on Ryan Spann. Again, I I stand by what I said. This is your fault. I... You you try you made me be reasonable. I asked you to make me be reasonable, but that's not the point. The the show, the name of the show is No Bets Barred. Because we just take all bets, all bets, all action, baby. All gas, no brakes. That's what we're supposed to be about. And then you do this to me. And Ryan Span easily submits uh Moldovian Joel Edgerton and and now I, I don't get the plus one ninety five profit. And I gotta say it hurts. That hurts me personally. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I had a nice laugh uh, when Ryan Spann 
uh, got, the, <laughs> got the submission done on Saturday night. I also have some regrets. I did not bet on Andre Petrowski. I did not fade my arch nemesis of Nick Maximov, and that would have been an easy, easy cash, just like Ryan Spann. Imagine if we had been really cool. Imagine if we had just like, there's a universe out there where there was an episode of No Bets Barb where we were just the coolest guys on the planet. Yeah. And you were like, I'm gonna take Ryan Spann round one submission. And I said, I'm gonna take Andre Petrowski round one submission. And then instead of the Kia parlay, we were doing the submission round one parlay and it paid out like plus 15,000. Oh, just, just an infinite number of dollars. And you know the worst part for you? The next time Maximov fights, you can't fade him because he's going to win. He is going to win next time. You had an opportunity. You talked all about it. And you didn't. You did not take advantage of it. Yeah, Maximov is hes going to be the crutch. He's going to be my just worst betting enemy uh, as long as he remains in the UFC. And I could see that happening for uh, for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, there is a universe out there where we did do that. I, I just saw Doctor Strange. I know how multiverses work now. Uh, so yes, there's there is a, a universe where we were really cool and we did that parlay last week. I know so how multiverses work. Yeah, and I know how they work now. So uh, You're yeah. an expert. Yeah, uh, slight, multiverses. slight profit for me last week. I don't know your 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 final tally. How do we how do we end up? I finished up down just under a unit. Uh, <laughs> I went. I, I did not have a, a successful week uh, from a from a total number standpoint. Uh, a lot of those flyers I took. You know the prop flyers. Uh, Alan Patrick by submission. Smoker by submission. Obviously in cash, but we're not putting big units on that, so it's okay. Uh, as you recall, I had Maximov in a parlay, uh, which busted the parlay with the Chukagian Hebas goes to decision. But the benefit of it being because that was the first try of the night, I just immediately went and bet on Chukagian yes. Hebas goes to decision, love it. I love uh, it. which which scraped me back to losing just a, a about half half a unit ish between half a unit and a unit. So um, not a great result, especially because I mean one. Had I bet on Ryan Spann because I had a teammate, a partner, a friend go. who yep. wanted to support me, we'd be doing great. And I I felt okay about where Alexander Rakic was. Uh, and then obviously that, that main event. Unfortunate. Ended. Incredibly unfortunate. Unfortunate injury. Uh, he's coming off a, a really strong second round. I thought that that would have been replicable for him moving forward. I was feeling great about my bet after that second round. And then all of a sudden his knee exploded. So, you know, sometimes that happens. But... We, we stemmed the bleeding. It wasn't too bad a week for me. Yeah, and you, you can't really complain about that on, on these types of cards. If you walk away with a profit, it's uh, it's definitely a big W in the win column. Finish up a couple units on UFCs, which is what we talk about here. I keep going back to the window for Bellator, and it just keeps biting me in the ass. I, I don't know why I continued to do it, but uh, I'm sure for Bellator 282, uh, Gegard Mousasi's fighting. I'm sure I'll head back to the window for that one as well. Uh, and I'm sure I'll probably use, lose units on uh, on that Bellator as well. I mean, you know, Bellator is uh, Bellator's tough because a lot of big favorites, it a is. lot of tasty favorites, and every once in a while, you know, MMA is MMA. Crazy things happen. Sometimes Alex Polizzi doesn't beat Yoel Romero. I mean, nine times out of ten, obviously he would have won that fight. Nine times out of ten, just easily. happened to be he didn't. Yep. Yeah, easily. Yeah, Bellator is tough. So that was last week. Enough about the past. We're on to the future. The next event. The past is for cowards. Exactly. The yeah, past, past is, is the past cowards. is the past is the past. What the future is is UFC Vegas 55 home Vieira. I mean, this is 
this is the pinnacle. This is as good as it gets. It's the last card before uh, before a quick break before we get into the summer. Uh, so let's dive into it. Let's start with the main event. It is a women's bantamweight bout. It'll be five rounds if it goes that long. Holy home going up against Ketlin Vieira right now. Home on DraftKings sitting at minus 250. Vieira sitting at plus 200. Uh, you taking a side in this one? I am. Are you taking? I'm taking a side in this one, and uh, I hope we're on the oh. same side because I'm really going to look like an idiot if you're on the opposite and you win because I'm going to be backing Holly Holm uh, money line. Oh, so one, this is important because we didn't recap this from last week. Yes. Though I lost, I did win the Civil War. You did War. do that. Yes. Vivian, Vivian Arujo did, in fact, successfully defeat Andre Lee, and with all the other stuff that happened, I feel like we all wanted her to. Yeah, pretty, pretty by, emphatically. By halfway too. through that uh, fight, I had I had the over yeah. one and a half in a parlay, and uh, it it got a little dicey on on whether or not that one was going to go the distance. I uh, I also stole that parlay uh, piece from you for. We don't call it stealing around here. You're just using it, man. We're just winning together. That's all we're doing. I did. You you just we are, and you sold me. I was like, that's a great parlay piece. If I'm gonna throw a little bit down, sure, I'll add that in. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're about to have civil war 2.0 because I'm I'm taking the underdog here. I uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Holly Holm before I kind of expand sure. on mine because mine's pretty short of. I just think that this line is off. I, I will not be in any way surprised if Holly Holm wins this fight. Um, but there are a lot of red flags for me here. And so, you know, uh, I don't know what line you had you were looking at. I, I have Viera plus 200 right. right now. Um, so, you know, 35, whatever, 33, Somewhere whatever that win percentage is. Um, and, you know, just a couple of stats to throw at you. She's 2-0 as an underdog, which always love that, cashing those dog tickets. But the, the big ones for me are, it makes sense that Holly Holm's a favorite. It makes sense that she wins this fight. But Holly Holm is 40, and she hasn't fought in close to two years, over 18 months at this point. Um, you know, Vieira's 10 years younger. I think that uh, performance coming off against Misha Tate, she is starting to really hit her stride. And so the most obvious outcome is that Holly Holm sort of uses a range movement, sets a good enough distance. If they get into clinches, she just physically overpowers Vieira and kind of wins a a very Holly Holm decision. But I just, I don't know. Holly's getting old, much younger fighter, the the big long layoff, and a layoff with some problems in it too. You know, uh, a knee injury and then a hydrophrenosis. She talked with Ariel about that. I still don't think I understand what that means. But it doesn't sound good. It definitely doesn't sound good. It sounds like it could be really serious. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much everything that you're saying are the concerns that I have for Holly Holm losing the fight. She's obviously 10 years Vieira's senior. She is coming off that year and seven-month-long layoff. But the reason that I'm backing her, I mean, the last time she was out against Irene Aldana was probably the best we've seen her in a minute. She lands a career-high 154 significant strikes, gets five takedowns in that one. I mean, she made easy work. Uh, in that fight now. You know, that was when she was, what, 38 and, at the time? And we've also seen Ketlin Vieira fight Irina Aldana, it, and it, it did not go that yeah, same way it, for it, her. It did not. You know, I don't love doing MMA math. I mean, actually, that's a lie. Oh, you got to. I, I to love doing it. MMA math, and I love when it works out, but I don't love relying on it. Uh, but, like, Holly Holm, it's like what you just said. I mean, she's going to have the boxing advantage in this situation. I mean, she showed an improved ground game against Aldana. Obviously, she's great in the clinch. Uh, plus, just, like, the biggest thing is the experience and the level of competition that Holm has. I mean, if you look at her, her five losses over her career, 
four of them have come in title fights, and the other one is to Valentina Shevchenko. So, like, she is only losing to the pinnacle of this sport. But I will go back to, yeah, 40 to 30. Um, I just think that Holm is the better fighter in this situation. And if she comes out healthy and not just like a completely broken down 40-year-old, I think she's going to be able to get it done over Vieira. I know you mentioned you you think Vieira is hitting her stride. Misha Tate, who I think is a different Misha Tate that Holly Holm fought, fought a few years ago, uh, it was a very close fight. Like it was a it was a forty eight forty seven across the board. It was it was a close uh, a close decision in that one. I mean, it is obviously these are very different style matchups. And again, like I said, I will not be in any way surprised. I think Holmes should be the favorite. For me, this fight feels a lot closer to sixty forty, you know, inching towards fifty fifty than the seventy thirty that it basically is right now from an odds perspective. And uh, I also. Sometimes I get dumb brain, you know, sometimes I get and and right now I have a dumb brain where I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the future and in the future I see a world where we look back at Ketlin Veers at kind of the her career arc or wiki, wiki page and say, oh, yeah, this is where this is where she started beating the old people in the division. She beat Misha Tate, then she beat Holly Holm. This is where she starts putting together a run on the backs of some people who are past their prime. This thing happens all the time in MMA. And I think that there's really a possibility. Also, just for one piece of technical, one thing that I do really like about her chances here, or at least a, what I think will make this a competitive outing, um, is Holly Holm, great boxer, going to be inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame this year. But in MMA, she really does a lot of like awkward Carlos Condit-esque blitzes towards people. Uh, and historically, people have just kind of run away from those or moved out of it and haven't really caught her for it. Vieira, a lot of flaws, but she will sit down on counters when someone charges in on her. And so I think that is, frankly, a really good opportunity for her to score points. Uh, and then, you know, it's it will be she will need takedowns. She will need to force grappling exchanges. But I just, like I said, I just think this fight's closer to 60-40 or 50-50 than the odds have it. So... Uh, won't be surprised if it's a losing bet, but I'm going to take the value. Yeah, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that you think she has a better chance than the odds are playing, so you're going to play the value, and if it works out, it's going to be a fantastic situation for you. And you're looking into the the future? The future. The Twitter, I can see it now. Wow, they really made a 40-year-old Holly Holm a minus 200 favorite, minus 250 favorite. C- coming off a knee injury and something else that sounds Yeah, hide your, hide your quite bad. Uh, Sosis over there. Uh, I also do uh, a parlay piece similar to uh, what we did last week with Andrea Andrea Lee. Uh, I like the over two. I and hope half. this is the same. I, over two yes, and a half because I have that as let's well. Go. Yeah, oh, let's go. Uh, yeah, over two and a yeah, half. I mean, these baby. women they're they're not not strangers to the going to the scorecards and then in twenty combined UFC fights uh, they have a combined three finishes uh, in their wins. So I just don't really see. One of them getting an early stoppage here. I, I actually probably think this one goes to a decision, but since we're parlaying it up, I'll, I'll make it a little safer. What'd you get? Uh, what'd you get that line? Minus four hundred. Yeah, it's about about where I'm at. Yeah. So, yep, I uh, I feel exactly the same way on you uh, as you just articulated. I think this probably does go to a decision, but uh, minus two, my, like over minus one and a half was juiced to like minus 700 or something like like that crazy um but two and a half is that just felt like the sweet spot so i'm uh i also have that tucked into a parlay all right sweet so head-to-head bet number two happens in the main event this weekend actually 
We might have more head-to-heads. We're going to have to find out as we move along here. We're in agreement on the over two and a half is a good parlay piece. Uh, let's go to the co-main, a welterweight bout. Santiago Ponzinibbio going up against Michel Pajera. Uh, so I actually don't have a bet on this one. I Surprisingly, after watching the tape, I lean to the dog. I lean to Santiago a little bit. This could be one of the best fights on the card. I mean, they're exciting on both sides. It's two pretty high-volume strikers. You know, they both low-key got finishing ability. Um, but yeah, just think Ponzinibbio. I mean, he's he's fought some really tough comp- competition. He gave Jeff Neal a very h- tough time last time out. Uh, and I think this is going to be a close competitive fight. And when it goes to the scorecards, which I think it probably will, um, I would like to be holding a dog ticket in, in what should be a pretty close fight. So uh, I don't have a side. I do have a small prop bet, just uh, just a value bet here. I I came into this when I looked at this on paper, so I'm going to peel the curtain back. My Pay sort of it. betting process is uh, the first thing I ever do is I just look, before I look at the odds, I just look at every fight on the card, and I maybe I pull up kind of past opponents, past records, sort of just skim through, and I set my line for it. Like, all right, this is first glance without look diving into tape or anything. What, where do I feel like this should be? And this card was really difficult because I got very close to hitting all of the lines. <laughs> like wow. there was, there were very few like major discrepancies. We're talking, you know, within 20, 30 points uh, on on either side. Uh, but when this was one where I had discrepancies, where it was like I thought Ponzinibbio should be like a minus one forty. He's uh, sitting at a slight underdog value right now. Um, I was like, I, I don't know, just kind of off the top of my head, that's where I felt. And then I watched the tape and was like, no, I was wrong. I think that this line is pretty close to spot on. Uh, it does feel a little dogger passy to me because I think that's pretty close to a 50-50 fight. Um, and, you know, but, but Ponzinibbio is not even a big enough dog to really make that, that, that line worth it at plus 100. That's just paying you even odds, basically. So I, uh, and I just have a lot of questions because you talked about this being a really exciting fight. It still could be. Michelle Pajero used to be the most fun dude in the world, yeah. and then he turned into a much more reserved fighter that's better for him long-term, and I actually think that will serve him better here. But uh, I like I, it's possible that that does backfire, that Ponzinibbio is just able to kind of more consistently outwork him. My biggest concerns here are that Michelle Pajero, for his struggles uh, with wrestling occasionally, it's not like Ponzinibbio has been a huge grappler, um, Michelle Pejea also struggles with cardio, but Ponzinibbio, is, that's not been like a strength of his. It hasn't been a huge weakness, but he's not a dude who's putting a pace on and winning down the line. Uh, and we have seen Ponzinibbio kind of just get out-athleted. You know, Ely, uh, the leech kind of just blew his doors off. And I know that that was Ponzi's first fight in like two years, whatever. But that is still very concerning about having action on either side of the ticket. So, um you know, as an underdog, Ponzinibbio is sixty percent win rate. So that's that's also speaking to me. I, I would I think I'm with you. If I was going to have a side, I'd want I'd want Dogger Pass here. But for me, instead, I decided to take a small prop on fight ends by KO or TKO. So uh, I got it at plus one uh, sixty five. It's twenty seven percent win probability, and I think there's a real opportunity that this fight is just two dudes chucking hammers. Um, that Pahea goes back to a little bit of the wild man. And, I mean, he he is a very, very violent dude, and so is Ponzinibbio. And so I kind of think there's just a big opportunity for this fight to be stopped. You know, they've got 
25 combined KOs between them. And so not a big play, but uh, I, I just sort of wanted to have action here, and I do think it's more likely uh, that this fight doesn't see the final scorecards. And if that's the case... I really doubt either dude's tapping the other. Yeah, I was I was just about to say, like, I, I like that because if you were going to play a fight doesn't go the distance, you might as well play this KO one because I, I highly doubt that it's going to be ending in submission. For me, this is one I'm just going to sit back and enjoy, mentally prepare for uh, our head-to-head in the main event uh, during this one and just uh, enjoy this fight uh, as it goes along so I won't have any play uh, for the co-main. Fair enough, you know, some... Sometimes you just don't like to have as much fun as I do. <laughs> That's a good okay. way to peer pressure me into it. I like that. All right, let's keep it rolling. A middleweight bout still on the main card here. Chidi Injokanu going up against Dusko Todorovic. I mean, who is it? Brennan Fitzgerald, John Anik. Uh, that's this one's going to be a tough name fight. Uh, I know they're I know they're pros, but uh, these two back to back are kind of tough to to work through. Uh, not not the easiest last yeah, names. Nah, and Joe Kawani's easy, man. Mainly because there's been an, another Chidi's brother, I'm pretty sure, uh, is a relatively known fighter. Um, I have a side here, do you? I do have a side. I cannot imagine we aren't aligned on this I would be pretty life. bummed out if you weren't because it's one of my, I really like, I'm really looking forward to watching this fight and hopefully cashing this play. Uh, I'm taking Chidi. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I. Well, I was so excited in case I was wrong, because if you were, like, really excited by Dusko Todorovic, <laughs> I, was, I was excited to hear your argumentation there. So. Yeah, I mean, this uh, this should be a pretty sick fight. Like, uh, I mean, two guys that, that can just stand in there and bang. Like, they can throw haymakers. They have knockout power. I mean, I think for me personally when i was making this bet just going back and watching the tape i mean obviously chidi looked impressive in the last time out against them maybe mark andre Barriot. i mean he knocked him out in however many seconds it did not take long i thought he looked good on the contender series too he's obviously got huge power he's going to be bigger here he's got the six inch reach advantage i think he's going to be quicker things like i just mentioned he's got the more powerful striking i think he can manage the range well dusko when he does that that pressure fighting when he when he comes in he doesn't really move his head off the center line much he comes in there he gets hit and i don't think chidi is a guy that you want to get hit by uh and i think that chidi's probably going to knock him out yeah i uh i think that everything you said is i'm i am in agreement with as you would say it is um I think that there is uh, Injokawani by KO is also a bet I have a little bit of interest in. Um, I on top of it because I think that that's very likely and you can get that at plus one forty five. Uh, and I think that that's just really plausible because Todorovic, um, he is at a massive size disadvantage here. He, he, I think you said like you said he doesn't really move his head out of the way that much. Fights with his hands super low and relies a lot on head movement to not get hit. That's really tough to pull off against a guy who has like a 10 inch reach advantage or something insane like Chidi has here. You know, if Todorovic can score takedowns, maybe, maybe there's a path there. He is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, but for me, this feels like these are going to be two dudes chucking mitts. And uh, I think Njokawani is a substantially better striker. So I have Njokawani as the other part parlay piece to the Holmes Vieira uh, over two and a half so I parlayed those two together got it to about a minus 130 
I also have both of those. Uh, I, I took a page out of your book. I did I did the stack, the parlay stack, where I just added another piece and ran the bet back, <laughs> um, which we'll get to a little later down the line. But So I've got uh, Njokawani. Uh, I think you could take him straight. That's plenty of value. But I decided to pair him in a parlay. And I have a, a little quarter bet on uh, Njokawani by KO at plus 145. Yeah, I might get involved with, with that Njokawani at... Uh... At plus one forty-five, I guess my only concern to play the devil's advocate here is the is Dusko does come in with that that pressure, turns it into a brawl. They're just throwing haymakers. Someone gets caught, and the person that gets caught uh, is cheating because he he has been knocked out in the past. It's not like he has you know a blockhead. So that is my one concern. Um, but I feel good about our cheating bet. I I like cheating in this situation. Yeah, same. Totally the same. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, and agreeance this time. I, uh, I'm a big fan of that. That one's going to be fun to watch. I'm very much looking forward to that fight. Let's keep it rolling. Main card, strawweight bout, the people's main event. It is Pollyanna Viana going up against Tabitha Ricci. Uh, this, for me, kind of like the co-main. I see this one as just a coin flip fight. It's obviously shown in the odds. I just don't know who's going to win this fight. I don't know 
who's going to win. I don't know if it's going to go to a decision. I don't know if it's going to end inside the distance. Is it going to be uh, Viana getting a round one arm bar? Is it going to be Ricci by decision? I really don't know, uh, and I am just going to stay away from this fight. That's a much smarter man than I am. That's what you are. Um, <laughs> I can't. I, uh, what do we got? I like to have action down, and <laughs> I I spent this may be the fight uh, I spent the most time debating whether I should pull the trigger on this or not because everything in my head is telling me Ricci is a very, very solid bet, uh, even at slight favorite odds. There is one glaring concern I have, but I was able to talk myself out of it, and so I did take Ricci. I've got her at minus 120. Um, it's a 55% win prob, and I think that that's I, I think that there's there's a good value in that because I really like her chances uh, to win this fight against Paulina Viana. Um, both women are primarily grapplers, um, but Viana has been submitted before uh, by lesser grapplers. She gets a lot of um, praise from the commentary booth about being a multiple-time uh, Brazilian champion at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is not sneezing at that, but uh, Ricci is, I think, a better grappler. She's a more accomplished grappler. She she got second place in Mundials at the brown belt level, both in gi and no gi. Like that's, that's some really top-shelf stuff. I, I think it has shown in her fighting that she is better on the floor. I also just think she's a better striker. Um, Viana is not terrible on the feet, but um, Ricci, you know, has a uh, also a Muay Thai background, trained a lot in uh, in Muay Thai, and I think she is much faster. I think she has a lot more pop in her strikes, um, and so kind of for all those reasons, my assumption here is that Tabitha Ricci can win in either phase. You know, I mean, Hannah Cyphers sort of dinged up Pollyanna Viana on the feet. I think Ricci similar build. Um, and much more athletic than Cyphers. So I feel like there's an opportunity for that and, again, for the success on the ground. My major concern here is there's a clear size disparity. Um, you know, Viana is not small for the division, and Ricci is functionally an atom weight who the UFC doesn't, doesn't cater to that. So, uh, But overall, I think the edge in athleticism, the edge in talent, I'm, I'm just going to ride it. I'm going to assume that... Viana isn't able to parlay being bigger and not as good everywhere uh, to a victory. So probably a dumb bet. I probably should simply have just not. But uh, or it's going to be really cool when you cash. I mean, I considered reaching. I looked at that line for a while, sort of like you. But the thing that talked me off was the size disparity and just the unknowns with it. Uh, so I don't really, I don't really blame you. I mean, it's always cool when you get the coin flip matchup and. Uh, you actually win win the bet, so uh, I will I will be cheering for you. I'm a I'm a great it teammate. Is. I'll be rooting from afar. I love that, and I what I wanted because this was one where I had uh, my pre fight evaluation or my pre dive evaluation was that Ricci would be like a minus one forty minus one fifty favorite. Obviously, not quite that big, so that got me up. And then when I realized that maybe this is a little tougher, maybe this isn't where I want. I really this is a fight I really wanted to get a prop bet in on to find. But I just can't feel confident that Ricci's going to win by decision because Viana has been tapped by worse fighters. I mean, and that's like Ricci is a is a better grappler, I think, full stop. And Veronica Macedo armbarred Viana like while the commentary team was saying, "Well, this is ridiculous. She's never going to pull that off," <laughs> and it just happened. So 
I uh, I got too scared to play a Ricci by decision prop, which I think is is the other bet I was considering. So I just decided I'd take the juice, give me Ricci straight up, and you know we'll we'll hope for a good day. Yeah, I, I missed like because I, I looked into the props as well. I missed a line it the over two and a half opened at minus three twenty five, which uh, was that was pretty egregious. It's plummeted back uh, to minus one sixty. Had I had I seen the. Uh, you had the under two and a half at plus two fifty. I would have had to hit that and hope for a, a submission on either yeah. side. I mean, very um, possible. Yeah, I just, I just don't know what. I just, I can't feel confident about about it going to a decision or going the distance uh, in this one. So we're all cheering for the Ricci bet from afar. Uh, we're going to support Jed. We're going to be a good teammate, uh, and we're going to keep it moving here. The final fight. I guess the first fight of the main card, the final one that we're going to go over, it's a middleweight bout. Eric Anders going up against Jun Young Park. Right now, Jun Young Park minus 205, Eric Anders plus 160. I just have to get out in front of this. One, I'm sorry, this is another one that I don't have a bet on. I'm not forcing anything here. I do have a few bets on the prelims, don't worry. Two, neither of us as Georgia Bulldogs here, as graduates of the University of Georgia, can bet on Eric Anders with a good conscience. Former Alabama football player, I just can't do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I do not have action on this fight. And a part of me is does not have action because I refuse to bet on Eric Anders. Uh, and also, this is just, this fight is the definition of a don't, don't touch it to me. Like, I any outcome, any outcome is possible. <laughs> Yes. You know, like yes. Anders is a better athlete, but Park is a more successful fighter, probably. I mean, Park can take him down and sort of sit on him. Park also gets wild and gets into brawls. I mean um, the Gregory Rodriguez fight. I, I mean like I know Gregor he Rodriguez fight. Like I know he lost, but he had Rodriguez hurt. Like it looked like Rodriguez was about to go out. I had a bet on on uh, RoboCop, Gregory Rodriguez, and then he comes back and gets the knockout. Like, yes, his he does have a very brawling style. Yeah, so Super can cannot fight smart, and Eric Anders hits really hard and kind of succeeds in brawls. So, I mean, Anders is going to have a huge size advantage, um, and I think we saw that physical uh, that physicality of Rodriguez gave uh, uh, PJY some problems. So there's just a whole host of things that I don't feel confident about. Not the least of which is Park has never lost as a favorite, and Anders has never cashed as an underdog. Wow, so that's a nice little stat. There is, yeah, that is because this felt a little bit like a dog or pass, and then I was like, I can't put my money on Eric Anders, and I don't feel bad. This is not a Ryan Span one where I'm trying to talk myself out of betting mm-hmm. on Ryan Span. This is, I just, yeah, I don't, I, just, I don't have any interest in betting on Eric Anders. I, I'm with you. I think, I think anything can happen in this situation. I guess you know, if I was going to have to do it, I would lean. Uh, Parks way, but I just I don't know. It's it's a great nickname matchup, your boy versus uh, the Iron Turtle. But uh, other than that, I'm just gonna sit back and watch it. Yep, this is a a full pass for me. All right, let's go on to the prelims. So this one to start it off is interesting. Joseph Holmes going up against Alan uh, Amadovsky. So I just want to say this. I tweeted this out earlier today. I took Holmes inside the distance at plus 250. It's currently sitting at that at Caesars Sportsbook. It's still there. I want to say that they made a mistake in creating that line because Amadovsky is plus 110 inside the distance. That's what Joseph Holmes is at every other book. I don't know how good this information is if you don't have access to Caesars Sportsbook, obviously. 
Uh, like I'm not overly confident in that, but it's a minus 200 favorite who has won every single one of his fights by finish going at plus 250 uh, inside the distance. So that is one bet that I have uh, on this fight. I do have another one, but I just had to had to get that out of the way. I can't even say for certain wow. that Caesars is going to honor it. Uh, they could be like, oh, wow, we messed that up. But it's been sitting there for two days now, and it is, at time of recording, still just sitting there. Wow. I'm most impressed by the fact that you have multiple bets down on this fight. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna let you play iso ball here. I'm going to clear out because, to me, this is another just don't be involved. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, J- Joseph know. Holmes is uh, he's not a great fighter, but uh, that's exactly. Alan Amadovsky. I think I would go as far to say he is a bad fighter. I mean, he's first of all, he's coming back off of a two year, nine month layoff in this one uh, after getting knocked out by John Phillips in 14 seconds. Uh, and then his other fight in the UFC, other than the 14 second knockout, he got outstruck by uh, Christoph Jocko, 43 to 6. Uh, and Jocko went four for four on takedowns and racked up uh, 10 minutes of control time. Another, another not great performance, 30-26s and 25s across the board. So in two fights, uh, he lands 0.5 strikes a minute and he absorbs 3.14 and he has a 0% takedown defense. Just about as bad as you can do in two fights. I'm honestly surprised that, that he's coming back. Now, I mentioned it, Holmes has not looked fantastic, but he at least competed last time out against Jamie Pickett. Um, he's also going to have a massive, massive size advantage in this one. Six inches of height, six inches of reach. I mean, unless Amadovsky has made like significant improvements during this long layoff, like I think Holmes is going to be able to go out there and get this done, whether it's by knockout, whether it's by submission. Amadovsky really has no ground game. Uh, we've seen Holmes get, I think, five of his wins by submission. He also does have knockout power. He's going to have, you know, that huge reach advantage. So, I mean... To me, the plus 250 is definitely worth it. My other bet in this one is fight does not go the distance. I use that as a parlay piece at minus 240 because regardless of who wins it, 15 pro wins between the two. Every single one of them is by finish. If they're going to win, these guys typically win by finish. Amadovsky has an erratic style where he brings in a ton of pressure, just swings for the fences. That also, if he doesn't win, causes him to make mistakes. So I like that the the fight doesn't go the distance because there is a chance he did make improvements in this uh, almost three-year layoff because I was looking at his IG, he's hanging out with Hamzad at uh, Swedish All-Stars, hanging out with uh, Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis at Extreme Couture. So who knows? Maybe he did make improvements. I'm eating crow come Saturday night, but I think the most likely outcome is that Joseph Holmes goes in there and finishes Amadovsky. What was that fight doesn't go to a decision line? I grabbed it at minus 240. Yeah, that's still too much juice for me to, to feel it. Though I think that is, uh, that's that's a bet I'd feel more confident on than laying my money on either side of this. But um, yeah, you know, I don't have Joseph any, Holmes' mustache just, can't talk you into betting on him. No, I mean his his nickname uh, is a lot closer to making me interested into it. Ugly man is yeah, just a hilarious man. nickname. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, this was one. This was not the Pollyanna Viana tab of the Ricci. This was a very easy. Oh, just don't be involved here. Here, here. You uh, see now. Now here's the situation. You're a smarter man than I. Yeah, this one feels. Um, I look. You may well cash. This just. I did not. When you put it on the dock, I was like, I am interested to see what he has to say because I have no idea what I would bet in this fight. Uh, yeah. 
We're going to see what happens. Hopefully it's really cool. We just hit both of them. Joseph Holmes just go, goes out there, wins inside the distance, and we just hit both of these bets. That would be uh, I mean, yeah. That would I'm, be pretty I'm sweet. I'm rooting for you. Especially, I have no vested interest, so I'm obviously hoping that, that every all success comes your way. You as well. You as well. Let's keep it rolling. It is a heavyweight bout up next. Jailton Almeida, Jailton Jr. He goes by many names. Going up against Parker Porter, the pride of New Britain, Connecticut. This is an interesting matchup. Uh, Jailton Almeida is a man chiseled like a statue, and Parker Porter... A young man right there. <laughs> Parker Porter uh, is not, uh, if, we're, if we're going to be kind to him here. Um, I mean, he's usually coming in around the heavyweight max. Uh, Jailton Almeida moving up to heavyweight from light heavyweight in this situation. Let's be clear. We're not here to disparage anyone, but when he's coming in at the heavyweight max... It's not because he is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you know? That's what we're saying. Just look up a picture of Parker Porker. Parker Porter. He's a big boy out there. I mean <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah, baby. Freudian slip there. It's uh it's just what you get it. I mean Jelton he's gonna be at a weight disadvantage. He's probably gonna come in at like two twenty five, not making any cuts. So he's gonna be at like, you know, forty to fifty pounds of weight disadvantage. But for me, watching tape I feel like he is going to be coming in at a pretty sizable skill advantage in this situation. I mean, especially when it comes to the ground game. The guy claims he's going to be the Brazilian Khabib. The uh, the judges are still out on that one. But, I mean, just in his last fight, just watching the tape on that, Danilo Marquez, who was is, who is a big man, um, he just made him look, look dumb. Marquez lands zero significant strikes. He immediately takes him down, gets him out of there in the first round. I mean, he finishes pretty much everyone in the first round. Ten straight wins, eight in the first round, the other two in the second. Uh, and Porter, like, I know he's big and I know he's going to have the weight, but it's like, I don't know how to describe him. Like, he's like he's like a middleweight frame in a max heavyweight build-out. It's, uh, it's a lot, yeah. I mean, so on the flip side, Parker Porter, yeah, he's on a three-fight win streak, but the three fights are uh, Josh Parisian, Chase Sherman, uh, and Alan Badeau. Uh so I I don't know if they're gonna be calling the Hall of Fame Great wins. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna be calling the Hall of Fame over over those three straight wins. Porter, he's also been finished in uh all five of his losses. He's got one DQ, but in the five real losses, KO'd three times, sub twice. I'm taking Jelton Almeida inside the distance, grabbed it at minus one ninety. Like I said, I'm I'm the chalk man this week. And I'm I'm gonna use fight does not go the distance as a parlay piece. I parlayed that up with home. Vieira over two and a half. My concern is Porter's insane volume for heavyweight. I mean, he just keeps breaking the record for his volume. Uh, Jailton gasses out, and uh, Porter just out outpoints him the last two rounds. But I'm going to trust that that's not going to happen. Jailton's going to immediately go for a takedown, use that aggressiveness, use that, that pressure, uh, and get Porter out of there pretty early. Look, I... Uh... This is a situation where you are probably right, but God could not compel me to put money on this fight. <laughs> There's just no... If I was going to, I briefly, very, very briefly flirted with a Porter that's, wins by decision That's a beautiful line, line right like there. Plus that's a beautiful line. It's like plus 1,400. Um, because I... Look... All, all credit to Almeida. I think he's uh, got a lot of potential. I do not like this move to heavyweight for kind of no real reason. 
Um, yes, he is a well-built young man, but he's still going to be much smaller than Parker Porter. And Parker Porter is not a world beater, but he has proven to be a very tough out. This dude, despite what he his appearance, has very solid cardio, pushes a tremendous pace for heavyweight, and with just, you know, knows how to wrestle. Um, and so if Almeida is going to just come in and, one, the the big thing that makes me almost want to make a bet on Porter here is what we have seen from Almeida's wrestling is all the bad parts of Habib. Like, not the good Habib. He wants to be Brazilian Habib. He's shooting from mile outside and getting away with it thus far. And maybe he can still do that against Parker Porter. I mean, he is a better athlete, but... Parker Porter is going to have 40 pounds on him, and if he can just get his hips back even a little bit, way more difficult to get that takedown. And I see a very real world where this is a scenario you said. Almeida just gassed himself out going for takedowns. Even if he gets taken down, can't find a way to mount or get off significant enough offense to stop it. And then in round two, Parker Porter is just still there, still throwing 10 strikes a minute and just piling up the volume. So I am not betting this. Uh, I may decide just for funsies to do a Porter by decision because it's it's such an outrageous line at like plus 1,500. Um, And, you know, Parker Porter is not a huge finisher. But uh, for me, this is a full stay away. So... I, I hope it works out for you because I think I mean I think you look you would look really cool cashing that Parker Porter by decision ticket. I mean fourteen hundred and like he'd do it Love he'd do it in a way where he just simply outpoints him the entire way home. I mean there's money coming in on Porter. There's money coming in on Porter. I mean Jailton obviously he opened up at opened at what a soft at? open at minus three hundred immediately within two seconds. Jeez. Yeah. I would hit <laughs> oh, that hard. I would but hit within that two seconds it, it was at minus six hundred. Got all the way down to minus uh minus eight hundred and now he's he's back to six hundred. So a couple people taking the flyer on Parker. Means the bookies are doing their job. Yeah, if he was up to plus eight hundred, I would I would yeah, probably would right. just, just might as well. Like i if he if, if Porter really got that juiced, because, again, Almeida should win this, but that is just an insane line at, at, for with all the unknowns about Almeida. It is true, Porter. man. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't love my betting card this week. This is a tough week to find a betting a card tough that you one. love. This was another tough card. I was, I was talking about you beforehand when I was looking. I was like, I'm going to have like three bets. And then I probably took a couple of risks that I shouldn't have because this is all about the almighty content. You know, we can't just get on here and say, well, we both have two bets. Tough week. Yeah, content costs, uh, man. So, I, you know, I maybe took some shots. It does. I took some shots that maybe I shouldn't have, but I was able to not take some shots that seemed yeah. very, very tough for me. Uh, but hopefully it'll work out for you. Hopefully everything works out for us. Hopefully we just we just clean the board and then Holmvier ends in a draw and we just draw. Everybody wins. Everybody we get a wins. draw at the top, um, but we may still have uh, have some civil war action coming at us. We've still got a few fights to talk about. Oh man, you might be hinting at something, and I'd love to get into it. But let's keep it rolling on the prelims. Lightweight bout: Uros Madish going up against Omar Morales. I do not have a side in this one. I thought about dog. I thought about dog for a second. You put it on the uh, on the thing. You don't have no, a side. I have a bet. You don't have any action. I have a bet. Oh, you do yeah, have yeah, action. So okay. I have a side. I'm playing the total. Okay, I love that you have a side. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm just taking the under two and a half. I grabbed it on Sunday at minus 125. Uh, I saw someone say somewhere, it might have been like a Reddit thread, that uh, Eros Madish is the lightweight Jordan Wright. He's just the ultimate killer be killed. He just runs in there in the first round. Uh, eight professional fights. The longest any of them has ever gone is five minutes and 51 seconds. Seven first round finishes for the guy. I hit the under at UFC 276 when he fought Jalen Turner. Dude's got absolutely no ground game. Uh, got finished in the first round. And uh, I think I'm just going to keep playing the Madish unders uh, till he till he goes the distance, as long as he hangs around in the UFC. Uh, Omar Morales, we've been talking about good nicknames. Maybe the, maybe one of the worst nicknames, just the Venezuelan fighter. Uh, oh, I think that's a hysterically funny nickname. If he's doing it to be funny... Well, I'm sure he's doing it ironically. Okay. There's no way you, you right. do I'm that. I'm going to trust like you then that thing. it's hilarious. I thought maybe there's, I, there's a world where he's just like the Venezuelan fighter. Regardless, regardless, he's not the, so he's not the biggest finisher, but he does have a couple KOs. He's got five wins by submission, which is how he could get Madish out here because Madish is not of a great ground game. Uh, actually, I hate to interrupt myself. Madish, the doctor. I get it, like medic, like the doctor. That, that's a bad it's like one. These, no, that's a bad. This nickname. might be. This is this is a, a hell of a nickname fight. Uh, I do have to say that it's going to be fantastic. I pray we got buffer on the mic. Doubt we do. Doubt we do have buffer, but it's going to be hilarious when they're when they're announcing them. But I think Madish is going to go in there. He's going to look for the finish. He's going to be wild like he always is in the first round. If he doesn't get the finish, I think he is probably going to put himself in a dangerous situation to get finished himself. Uh, so I will be rocking with uh, the under two and a half in this one. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that bet. Good. Um, I mean, I can hope it works out for you. That's but all you can do. I'm, Morales has not proven to be a big finisher, and Medici is very f- finishable, but... The other side of that too is Morales is really uh, has proven to be very durable uh, for the most part as well. So um, I know Jonathan Pierce got him out, but this is a dude who went 15 hard minutes with Giga Chikadze, and we've come to find out that Giga Chikadze is uh, an absolute killer. So um, I, I'm not sure about that bet from you. It's not one I would make, but uh, best of luck to you. I do have a side. And this is another one where I probably reached a little bit, but like you, I uh, talked myself into the underdog here. Um, you know, I I have some serious concerns, basically just about the disparity in physicality. Uh, Urs Medici is, is very much a, a get-or-get-got guy. He likes to come in, he likes to brawl. I think he can be trickier and a little bit more technical on the feet, but I do think Morales is probably the more stout uh, guy, the bigger hitter. I think he's proven to have a better chin, uh, as we've seen Medich get get taken out. But Medich's loss uh, in, I don't remember if it was his last fight. Yeah, last or, fight out. Was it his last fight that um, yeah, Jalen Turner. Uh, Turner put him down? Yeah. So I think that there are just some pretty big differences here. Jalen Turner, obviously a, a physical freak for the division, enormous size disparity. Um, and I think Medici just sort of had trouble with that and then just ate some big shots in, in a tough way. So I think that that's very less likely here. He, They are pretty comparably sized, uh, reach, everything sort of like that. And I mostly just don't like a lot of the stuff I've seen from Morales as far as defensively goes. Um, I think he gets a, he's a bit hittable, and this is one of those where I just kind of immediately felt that this is close to a 50-50 fight, and I can get Medici at pretty decent underdog odds. I'm 
I'll just take that and and roll the dice and see what happens. I like it, man. Like I said, I almost talked myself into uh, into playing Madish. I mean, he was undefeated before that Jalen Turner fight. Not a ton of fights on his record, uh, and that Jalen Turner fight is is aging uh, pretty decently now. I mean, it is. Yeah, and for me, uh, I also. I haven't done it, uh, and I probably won't just because I don't want to have too much action on this one fight that I don't feel great about. I think there's also a pretty clear argument to do uh, on the Deech by decision because that prop number is fairly high. Got to be. Plus 500 in some places. And like I said, Morales has been a really tough dude. Um, and, you know, Medici is a finisher and a guy who throws, throws it all out there. But if you can go 15 minutes with Giga Chikadze, I have to expect that, uh, you know, uh, Uros Medich is not going to be the dude who suddenly gets gets you out on the feet, and he's not going to take you down and tap you like Jonathan Pierce did. Sure. Well, we're going to see what happens. We, you've got the side, I've got the the total in this one, so uh, we shall we shall see how it plays out. Let's keep it rolling. Bantamweight bout on the prelims. Jonathan Martinez going up against Vince Morales. Uh, you can get Martinez right now for minus two twenty. Vince Morales at plus one. 80. So I played this one pretty early on in the week. I, I grabbed Jonathan Martinez at minus 180. Do you have Vince Morales? Oh, oh, good, sir. I, I'm i not touching this fight. Okay. Um, I, was, I, I was actually fully expecting you to say you had Vince Morales. No, I uh, if I was taking a side here, it would be Martinez. And um, Oh, I'm sorry. I actually lied. I do have this fight. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I mentioned earlier that I doubled up the parlay uh, with the Ponzinibbio or um, the Injokawani and the uh, Holly Holm Vieira over two and a half. I have that as a parlay. You took the over one I also and have a here. parlay with those. T- I have also have a parlay with those two uh, plus Martinez. Oh shit! I thought you were gonna say the over one and a half because I used the over one and a half as a parlay piece. No, but I think that's a. I don't know what that number is. I bet it's fairly long. Same as same as the main probably. event uh, parlay piece minus four hundred. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's still a totally fine bet. Yeah, yeah, I really played spoiler there. Yeah, Martinez, man. Uh, I took him at minus one eighty. Like, I like I saw so like all right. So I think it's gonna be probably a pretty close decision here. Um, but I do favor Martinez. I mean. I think he's got the cardio advantage. I think he can mix it up in the striking. But the most important factor for me going back and watching the tape is the kick. Like uh, I mean, yeah. it has to be. When you watch the tape, the kicking ability of Martinez and the inability to defend kicking from Vince Morales, a strength and a weakness going up against each other. If you look at Morales' last two losses and, and like you go back and watch, I mean, Morales gets absolutely throttled by Chris Gutierrez with kicks, especially the leg kicks. I mean, he just leaves the lead leg out there the entire time. I mean, even after he can't stand on it, he's leaving it out there to get kicked. He ends up getting finished via leg kick because he just can't stand on it anymore. Uh, And then the loss before that, Benito Lopez, not quite as bad. uh, But I mean, Lopez still just chopped the wood the entire fight. Lance 39 of 52 leg kicks in that one. I mean, halfway through the first round, Morales' calf is just bright pink. I think Martinez is no, is going to know that he has to go to that. I think he's going to find success with it. I think he can hold his own in the striking affairs. I think this is probably going to play pretty much exclusively on the feet, and I think it will go to do it a decision. Hopefully, we can just get a clean, easy win for Martinez, but I won't be surprised if it's close. For my concerns, 
Morales does have power. We saw him knock out Luis Smolka. We have seen Martinez get KO'd. He got KO'd by Davy Grant, which parlaying that with the fact that Morales was in Davy Grant's corner last week and they trained together, and I would expect Davy Grant might be doing the same for Morales this week, give him a few pointers uh, on the guy that he beat. That's a tad concerning for me, but I still like Martinez in this situation. Want me to make you feel better? Make me feel better. Uh, so so while he may be getting some pointers, um, you, you know who Jonathan Martinez will have in his corner yeah. giving him pointers? Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez, yes. yes. Who, who you, you correctly identified. They are, they are longtime teammates at Factory X. Chris Gutierrez, you know, you said, I think that Mar- uh, Martinez is going to know to attack the legs. Well, he sure is yes. because they came in. Chris Gutierrez came in and was like, I saw Benito Lopez absolutely blow up. Uh, Morales in the legs. I'm very, very good at kicking legs. I'm just going to do that. Uh, Martinez is also very good at kicking legs. He now has a lot of a lot of data to suggest that he should just yes. kick, kick Vince Morales in the legs. Because again, the important thing about the leg kicks too. Because honestly, uh, my decision was made up as soon as I like looked. I was like, oh, this fight's done. I don't really care how the rest of this plays out. Because it wasn't just that like Morales took leg kicks and lost the fight. Like, he was hurt, hurt by leg kicks from Chris Gutierrez, like, very, very severely and quickly. It did not take many of them for him to noticeably be in trouble here. And so I will be stunned if that is not an enormous part of the Martinez game plan, especially because he already is a good kicker. I think this is – sometimes you don't have to overthink it, right? Like, this is – this guy doesn't check leg kicks. This guy is very good at kicking legs. His teammate already kicked this dude's legs out from underneath him and won the fight. We're just A plus B equals C in this scenario. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board. I've got Martinez as a parlay piece. Feel very good about him. Um, and that's my other parlay. Uh, gets you at plus 160. Yeah, and the Gutierrez, if, if you have not seen it, I, I highly implore you to go back and watch it because it's uh, – obviously this is for the listeners, not you, because it is, it's a master class in leg kicking. And it's like – the finish in round two, it's it's like slowly drawn out. Like it gets to the point where Morales, like each time he gets kicked, he like leans back against the fence and is like trying to grab it to support. And it's just like the leg is just gone. It's just a matter of time before gone. they call the fight. And Gutierrez just keeps just chopping and sweeping. And eventually he just literally cannot stand on it anymore. So if you want to go back and watch a masterclass in leg kicks, go back to that. I mentioned the parlay piece over one and a half. Morales, he's got power. Obviously, you know, if in a perfect world, Martinez does the same thing as Gutierrez and gets him out of there. But I do think that this one is probably going to go to a decision. So I feel comfortable playing the over one and a half. I think that that's a, uh, I think that's a fine, fine bet. Um, I didn't even look at it, but no issues with that bet at all. Almost certainly going to hit for you. All right. Last but not least, this is one that you want to get into. This is. It's the man. The dream, Chase Hooper going up against Felipe Corrales. Right now you can get Colaris at minus 165. Chase Hooper coming back at plus 145. What do you got for me here? I'm so disappointed that you don't have action here. I thought for sure when I was looking at I have a feeling like, I know where you're going. Ooh, do you? I don't know. Um, Let's hear it. I thought I was going to go different places. Uh, this this was a journey. I went on a, on a road <laughs> trip here. Because when I first made this fight in my head, I was like, all right, Kolaris should be a, a considerable favorite in this, you know, two to one at least favorite. 
And then I started watching and started thinking about it a little more and was like, actually, maybe Hooper's a live dog. And then I really got into tape and was like, no, no, no. Play the fake Chase Hooper train. Ride that pony until the wheels fall off because you're never going to feel – but you might not win every one of those bets. He has had a a propensity to pull out some wins, you know, the the Peter Barrett heel hook on a fight he was very clearly losing. But that's sort of where I'm at. Um, Let's talk about Chris Gutierrez. We just talked about Chris Gutierrez a lot. Felipe Calares had a a very solid fight with Chris Gutierrez, lost a split decision. Probably shouldn't have been split, probably should have cleanly lost. But a guy who, Chris Gutierrez is a very, very talented fighter. And Calares was not a pushover, did not, you know, his leg didn't fall apart. (laughs) Like like other people's legs did. You know, he he was in there every step of the way. um, And I feel pretty confident that Chris Gutierrez would absolutely chew up Chase Hooper should they ever fight. So for me, that was kind of the, the starting point. And then as I just broke into it, look, Chase Hooper could easily be 0-3 in his last three fights, his one win being Daniel Tamer, a fight that he also wasn't doing great in until he did manage to get the fight to the ground. But he just had such physical advantages over Tamer. He is like eight inches taller than him and just... You know, he's not physically stronger, but there was just so much length that Tamer could not really manage it. But he just hasn't looked that good in the UFC. You know, Alex Caceres kind of just walked through him um, as really made him look entirely ineffectual. Like I said, Peter Barrett was beating him before Chase was able to kind of Iminari into a heel hook scenario and finally finish it late in that fight. Steven Peterson just kind of didn't let him get his game going. So for me... I think Kalara, he's not a great takedown defender, but Chase Hooper isn't a very good wrestler either. Like, he's not a good guy at taking people down. He has to go to Imanari roles a ton and do kind of tricky stuff like that. Um, and so, like, I don't think he's going to be able to get fight to the floor. And more importantly, uh, Kalara's has been, he's been taken down a lot, but it's been by good wrestlers, Geraldo de Freitas, Montel Jackson. Like, both those guys are very good wrestlers. And Montel Jackson had a really hard time holding him down. He's a much better wrestler than Chase Hooper. Um, so I think that even if Hooper can maybe get some tie-ups, get the fight to the floor, Clarez is pretty defensively responsible. He's going to get back up. Clarez has never been stopped, and I don't think that Hooper wins a decision here unless he can really grapple for 10 minutes. I think he has to has to get him out of there. And I just don't think Chase Hooper has the game. He is not a consistent enough fighter. He does not have a well-built game where the pieces all flow together. He just kind of relies on being a tricky leg lock sort of guy. And I think that that's, that's you can game plan fairly well against it. And I just, I like Kolaris at plus money or at, um, at, as a favorite, minus 165. The only concerns I have is that Chase Hooper is 22. And so you can see pretty big advances, right? You can make a lot of strides, but mostly I think that that's fine. And uh, I am happy to continue to fade Chase Super uh, for as long as he's in the UFC unless something dramatic changes. That's kind of where I expected you to go. I love the winding uh, journey that we took to get there, but uh, that is where I expected you to be on this one. I almost got there. I don't know why I didn't get there, honestly. I, I can't give you a good reason. Betting against Chase Hooper is a solid bet. It's also <laughs> it's a good time. Sa- interestingly enough, interestingly enough, this is the first time Chase Hooper has ever been an underdog, and the first time that Kolaris has ever been a favorite. Wow, that's so, another interesting statistic there. 
It is. Well, because I looked at it, I was like, I feel like you'd have made a lot of money beating Chase, betting against Chase Hooper, and you would have because he's been an underdog or uh, he's been a favorite every time. But uh, Kolaris has never been the favorite, so maybe he's not built to be the favorite. But I think he is against Chase Hooper. Yeah, I mean, you're fading a 22 year old that just hasn't seemed to have the game so far in the UFC, uh, you know, to compete at the highest level. I uh, I like that strategy that you're going with. It's going to be interesting to see come Saturday. So those are the bets. Those are the fights that we have bets on. Uh, just to recap mine, I got Jonathan Martinez, minus 180. Madich Morales, under 2.5, minus 125. Jelton Almeida, inside the distance, minus 190. Joseph Holmes, inside the distance, plus 250. Chidi Kanu minus 180. Holly Holm, minus 210. Then I parlayed Almeida Porter fight does not go the distance with home Vieira over two and a half. That pays at minus 156. I am the chalk king this week, and I have no shame about it. Yeah. Was it was there any plus money on that? Just the uh fluky Joseph Holmes inside the distance. Oh, that's right. There you go. Okay. I was about to say, man, you really are just chalk man. Chalky chalk uh, I chalk. Think- I think the next card, uh, the the first one in June, though, I think I've already played a few underdogs in that one, if I'm not mistaken. I've, I'm starting to notice that we we have different betting styles, you and I. That is for sure. I love it because I love I love underdog action. I if if I have a hint of an underdog that I feel <laughs> I'm going to take the plus money and ride it and see what happens. So um, less of a chalk guy, and even this week when I thought I would be chalkier. Not not where I ended up. My uh, recap of mine, I have Ketlin Vieira straight at plus 195. Value bet that I expect probably will lose, but if it wins two units up. Uh, I have Ponzinibbio uh, Pajaya will end by KO at plus 165 for just a little baby unit on that. Uh, I have a, another baby unit on Njokawani by KO at plus 145. We've got Tabitha Ricci at minus 120. Uh, I've got Uros Medic at plus 140. I've got Philippe Kolaris at minus 165. Uh, and then I have two parlay bets, uh, Home Vieira over 2.5 and, and Njokawani. And then I have those, uh, that pays out at minus 130. And then I have that same parlay plus uh, Martinez added onto it at plus 158. And because I might be a crazy person, I am strongly considering bets on Medich by decision at plus 500. Uh, and just to be a bad teammate, Parker Porter by decision at plus I'll actually be offended if you don't am, take the Parker Porter by decision. I'm probably going to put like a tenth of a unit on it because the number's so high and it would just be do it for the story. You know, you got to do it for the story. It's going to be even worse when Porter flatlines him in the first round. <laughs> If that happens, you know... Ends Almeida's career and starts the run to the heavyweight title for Parker Porter. That seems unlikely, but I also didn't think Ty Tuivasa would be a top four heavyweight in the world ever. So, you know, crazy times. Crazy times. The pride of New Britain, Connecticut. My former stomping grounds. Uh, All right. I guess I have no bets with value this weekend other than than the Joseph Holmes inside the distance. (laughs) I mean, every bet can have value. Winners are values. That's how I see it in my eyes. On cards like this, I really just don't want to force anything. I'm sure seven underdogs will win, and I'll be looking like a jackass come next week or two weeks because we'll be off. Um, my biggest. No, we will be off. Are we going to do anything? Is no. there is there a gap? Thing? No, because then we then we start our twelve week run. 
uh, to the end of the summer. Is there not like a Bellator you don't want to get in on? on a, no, there's. I really don't think there's anything. Bellator? I think the only thing we got is a, a Tank is fighting in boxing. Oh, it's Memorial Day yeah. weekend next week, yeah. isn't it? That's why, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, my stay away fight would probably be Tabitha Ricci, um... Viana, but I feel like there's a few, I feel like there's a few stay away fights on this card. Yeah, uh, no, for me the stay away fight is one hundred thousand percent Eric Anders Park Jun Young. Yeah. That fight, <laughs> well, you could tell me literally any outcome for that fight, and I would believe you. Like if if I woke up Sunday and was like Eric Anders had a flying armbar on Park Jun Young, I've been like out not outside the realm of possibility. Anything could happen. Anything whatsoever. Yeah, and, like, I'm never one of those guys that, like, if you bet on a fight, I'm like, oh, if you're betting on XX fight, like, get some help. My biggest thing is just, like, if you're betting on XX fight, there is no way you can be confidently making that play. Like, if you're betting Elise Reed, Sam Hughes, there's no way. You're like, Sam Hughes, dog money, take it to the bank. This is a stone-cold lock. Yeah, I uh, I almost played almost played Nover just just to have action so then we could talk about every fight on the card but then i decided that's unnecessary i will say you said we differ in, in betting styles i feel like these first couple weeks i've been chalk heavy i do love a good dog just as much as you you've been very chalk heavy. i think one i think where we do differ though is uh you go under the the mindset of i love to have action a lot and i go the app the opposite where i'm like i like to have action that like i really am uh like, I'll avoid fights on purpose sometimes just to, like, not have the action. See, now, if I, I will just bet them. I'm like, yeah, let's just, we don't have to put a whole unit. We don't have to put a lot there. But you throw enough, it'll all even out in the wash. And then I've got more bets down. In the same way with poker, I play every hand in poker. Because <laughs> I just I just want to be involved. And, and, you know, it works more often than not. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the greats would tell you, play every single hand. That's going to give you the highest probability of winning. Not the best fight night. Good poster, though. I'll say it's a good poster. Sure. Good poster. I mean, you know. Because uh, UFC 275 does not have a good poster. All right. That's all the time we've got. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far into the podcast, we'll be off next week. There is no UFC event. I don't even think there's... No, actually, I know there's not Bellator. The next Bellator event is Gegard Mousasi, which I will be in attendance at at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut on June 24th or 25th, something like that. So we'll take a leave of absence for Man, uh, big for, for you. Memorial Day weekend. I mean, I gotta see the goat. I gotta see the goat in person. I, I I can't wait. I've never been. I have never been to a Bellator event. I think it's like the only organization. Wow. Like, well, it's happening at the beautiful Mohegan Sun in Utica or Uncasville, in, uh, in Connecticut. Scenic. It's not Uncasville. It's scenic Uncasville, scenic Connecticut. Get it right. You're in the business. You got to know these things. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing there but a tall casino uh, or a tall hotel connected to a casino. Um, all right. We're out of time. We've, we've spent too long bantering here. Who's going to listen to an hour and six minutes of uh, home versus Fiera content? If you bunch made it of, this far. Bunch of great people. That's who. <laughs> if you made it this far. Uh, then obviously you did. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all in two weeks. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. 
That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.